Hello and welcome to Demystifying Wellness. I'm your host, Laura Merkel. Today I chat with Emily McLaughlin, where we mythbust the idea that some people just can't meditate. Let's get into it. Emily McLaughlin, I'm so excited you're here. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. <laughs> um, so Emily and I met teaching at a fitness studio together. Um, but um, Emily, would you like to just maybe start by introducing yourself, saying a little bit about what your background is and what you do? Sure. Yeah. So I um I feel like my meditation background actually started with dancing. <laughs> I was I danced for about 20 years, um, so big bulk of my life. Um, and then near the end of my professional career, got into yoga and really fast started to teach. So my first teacher training certification um, I got in 2012. Um, and right after that, started teaching immediately. Um, yoga and other kinds of fitness. Um, but that's kind of when my meditation practice kind of started. Um, as a, through teaching fitness and yoga, I wanted, um, always wanted to know more. So I, I went through another uh, couple of teacher trainings, 2014. And then I think the last one I finished was either 2018 or 2019. So I've kind of been on this uh, <laughs> yoga meditation journey for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, stepped away from fitness teaching in the last uh, year and a half <laughs> uh, and really stuck with, with yoga and, and meditation. Um, yeah. So that's like the summary, the, the bullet points of yeah. my background. Of yeah. Course. I feel like in, in many ways, our journeys paralleled um, in that, like, mm-hmm. I think like yoga made sense as a dancer. You're like, okay, yes. it's movement, it's in my wheelhouse. This is something mm-hmm. that I can kind of latch onto. And then the meditation kind of kind of goes with that right like it exactly are always teaching a shavasana at the end so there's that little bit of meditation and then you kind of want to know more exactly Um, and I think my departure or my slow departure from dance was a very well and most dancers I think experience some kind of emotional and mental shift in their life um Mm -hmm. just moving away from dancing or, or whatever their experience is um the yoga uh, that begins to focus on that development of emotional and ec- extra <laughs> practices. Um, so meditation falls right in. Um, I was introduced through the asana, like the physical practice of yoga, mm-hmm. and then just meditation is a natural evolution from there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. I feel like I'm really excited to do this episode because I feel like there is there's a lot of misconceptions around meditation. I hear all the time people saying, well, I just can't do it. I can't sit still for an hour. I don't, I can't do that. And I feel like there's so much of like, I thought maybe it might be fun to start with like what meditation isn't. (laughs) I love that question. Uh, cause I get that all the time. Um, (laughs) meditation does not have to be sitting still for an hour in silence. There Mm -hmm. are so many different forms of meditation that people can start with. 
Um, and a lot of times that I hear not just they can't sit still is that I can't um, not think about anything or I can't mm-hmm. sweep my mind of all the thoughts uh, where that's not actually the point of meditation. Yeah. <laughs> the point of meditation is to sit and watch those thoughts and listen. And um, so, yeah, it, it's. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I hear that all the time that like, I, I can't clear my mind. Well, yeah, yeah, you shouldn't be, if you can, like that's, that's maybe a red flag because we're not supposed exactly. to be able to do that as humans. <laughs> exactly. Um, I feel like it's like having, uh, for meditation for me has really evolved, my thinking around it has evolved a lot because I, I thought of it traditionally in like a, like a still meditation. Mm-hmm. And I realized later on that, a lot of the stuff I was doing in my life kind of yeah. filled that meditation role. So yeah. dancing, performing, yeah. you get into mm-hmm. a meditative state and it's a moving meditation, but it's a meditation exactly. less. And exactly. then um, I moved into like, I did some Tai Chi and that also has that, like that mindful movement, you're mm-hmm. synchronized with your breath, you're having a focus task to bring your mind back to. Yes. Yes. I actually thinking about this, I wrote down like literally the words autopilot versus awareness. Yeah. And that can, that is meditation. It can be movement. It can be whatever form you want it to take. Um, Yeah. It's just like taking yourself out of the autopilot and bringing yourself into the present moment. Yeah. And the mindful movement. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I feel like, yeah, there's so, what I love about meditation is that it is so broad. There's so many different ways that, that mm-hmm. it can be practiced. Um, yeah. So I know like I have some, some favorite techniques for folks, but do you have any yeah. favorite, like for somebody who has never meditated before, is nervous about this idea of meditation. Like what is one of mm-hmm. what's something really simple that they could start to play with? Yeah. So um, I always find because so many people are worried about um, not staying still or worried about the clearing the mind thing. I like to start people with uh, start moving, like move, mm-hmm. jump up and down for five minutes, go on a short walk, like get, get the movement and the jitters or whatever out. Um, even while you're doing that, you can focus on, on, um, like one step at a time or what's around you and then find, I like to find stillness, but you can definitely do it moving, Mm -hmm. sitting down or whatever. Um, just following your breath. Yeah. I like to associate like inhale with rise, exhale with fall. Like, so there's an energetic movement. You're also thinking a word. Uh, as you're as you're focusing on your breath like Mm. rise or or fill up with breath fall soften empty Um, but I I like to suggest five minutes of movement to kind of get the jitters out and then three to five minutes of just focusing on your breath yeah simple (laughs) how about like so so I guess that makes sense then right like in a yoga class the meditation happens at the end so you, you mm-hmm. kind of get all those jitters out. Um, mm-hmm. so for, for folks who have like a regular movement routine, that could be a good mm-hmm. like finisher to your movement routine. 
Yeah, I think just like, um, like if you're doing an exercise class or lifting weights, you're stretching at the end, or hopefully you're stretching at the end. <laughs> Having a cool down. So, <laughs> yeah, a cool down. So that cool down could be the beginning of your meditation. And then you just sit quietly or just sit and observe. You don't yeah. have to have your eyes closed. <laughs> just like, let your body um, relax and uh, you just focus on your breath or, or notice what's happening with your thoughts. Like no pressure. It's just your cool down, part of your cool down. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. I, it's interesting that you mentioned that your eyes don't have to be closed. Cause I feel like, I feel like that's another thing that people get worried yes. about. Like, like they're self-conscious. They don't want to close their eyes. Yes. And it's so interesting because there are whole meditations around having your eyes open Yeah, where you're like focusing on a single point or, mm-hmm. um, like, like I've seen like flame meditations. Yeah. Um, there's, um, in fact, I, I heard about this career coach who specifically had an open eye meditation because sometimes in your, if you're in a meeting and you're in this, like high stress environment and you don't have the opportunity to step out you need mm-hmm. to be able to like find that meditative space while still yes. being present and that's yeah that's a really advanced meditation I think that's like very <laughs> hard to do it's very hard <laughs> um but but that's definitely like you know your meditation can also the type of meditation can be influenced by your goals as well yeah I've noticed um I don't want to put, I don't like putting people in categories, but sometimes when I feel anxious Mm -hmm. or I'm, you know, nervous or, or something of this sort, I sit down and actually like locate objects around me. Mm -hmm. Like here is a railing and it is white Mm -hmm. and the air feels like cold and like just kind of observing and putting myself in the spot that I actually am. Yeah experiencing like okay well I feel the the floor under my feet the wall is gray that desk is black or whatever you can meditate by just um noticing and observing the things around you and noticing and observing your reaction or Mm -hmm. your internal feeling about what what is surrounding you yeah absolutely and that's a whole meditation with your eyes open yeah (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And, and it's just very grounding, right? Because exactly, especially if you're kind of anxious and your mind is running and you're, you're thinking so much to like the future Mm -hmm. that, Mm -hmm. that simple act of just being like, okay, but right now I'm physically in this space. And what does this space look like? What does it feel like if I touch it? Like what textures are around me? What is the temperature? Like all that. Exactly. Yeah. I even feel like it. coming um from our covid isolated world uh yeah. e- like i'm <laughs> socially anxious and an introvert but uh, i practice like i'm going back into the world and these are my feet yeah this is the ground um like remembering how to interact with the world and <laughs> like that is a meditation in and of itself <laughs> yeah yeah for yeah. sure mm-hmm. um So let's, I thought maybe we could shift, we kind of have gotten into this a little bit, but like, let's talk a little bit more about what are, what some of the benefits of meditation are. I mean, you talked about this idea of like groundedness, um, Mm -hmm. kind of calming that anxiety or bringing Mm -hmm. yourself back 
to the present moment, what, what are some other things that you think really make meditation worthwhile? Yeah. So I, I feel like there's a lot, a lot of different benefits um, for a lot of people like stress relief, which is Mm -hmm. anxiety relief. Um, For me and my personal experience, it's, I've been able to develop a little more Mm self-compassion and self-confidence. And I mean, it's, it's slowing down. So it's really kind of slowing down your our fast paced world, we, we yeah. keep going really fast. <laughs> so it's slowing down. It's, it's, it's um, releasing tension. It's becoming aware of, of the world around you and how you react to it. So for me, it's, it's a lot of been about um, like self-compassion and self-awareness and self-confidence. Yeah. I love mm-hmm. that. I had a I had a thought recently actually when we when I was preparing to do this episode I had mm-hmm. this realization I've so I'm personally not a very religious person I grew up yeah. in like the Catholic Church but kind of mm-hmm. very quickly shifted out of that and um mm-hmm. I but I was always like really fascinated with this draw to um prayer that people mm-hmm. have and I had the it finally clicked that like it's meditation, essentially, that when you're praying, so. the act of praying is centering your your focus on something. It is like mm-hmm. taking you out of that chaos yes. and bringing you into to yourself or your relationship yeah. with, this, with whatever deity you, are, you have this relationship mm-hmm. to. And I feel like that's, I always thought like, oh, people are always praying like when things are bad. Of course they are because that is mm-hmm. they're they're dropping back in, they're checking back exactly. in, and they're 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 finding that calm in the storm, mm-hmm. and that that. So I feel like in that sense too, like people who say they can't meditate, well, if you've ever prayed, then you've meditated. <laughs> exactly. It's like. Um... For me, what just came to mind was uh, in a yoga practice when your teacher invites you to set an intention. Mm-hmm. That intention, I mean, it's a form of prayer. It's a form of meditation. You're yep. you're bringing your awareness or your intention for mm-hmm. X amount of time to this one thing. So it, I think it's all very much related. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I like it. That was like a light bulb for me. That I was like, oh, this thing that. I have experience with, but I'm not right. personally drawn to like, why are, why might other people be drawn to this? And it it's meditation. That's what it is. It's it is it, at, at not, you know, it's not just meditation. Obviously there's, no. there's a lot <laughs> going into that, but that, of that course. sense of calm that I think people feel a lot of times is, is because it's that, that time to check in. Um, exactly. Yeah. I love yeah. it. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> I think um, that's an awesome compare. I mean, it is. I hadn't actually ever thought about prayer being, I, I knowing it's related to meditation, but it is a form. Yeah, I mean, well, and I think one of the one of the moments that that really clicked for me was like, I was, I like noticed the relationship between like a mala bead, which I've yeah. used for meditation, and like a mm-hmm. rosary. And it's the yes. same. It's the same, same concept. Thing. It's uh-huh. 
prayer beads and exactly and it's this sense of um and actually I think I had a conversation with my mom at one point that she was like yeah Yeah. when I go to sleep at night before I go to bed I just run through all the prayers I know and it's like her way of like yeah just kind of resetting Uh uh-huh so that she can be ready for sleep which I just think is such a like so that like that's something that if anyone is religious and is listening to this and has that relationship with prayer that like you don't have to think of meditation as being this new thing you're adding it's just a a facet of what you're already doing exactly it's developing and deepening into your prayer practice Mm -hmm. Um, yeah I think that's a wonderful way to see it and it's not something you're starting new like you said it's not a brand new concept it's actually you're already doing it. <laughs> it's just bringing a new intention to something you're yes. already doing. And I, yes. I think that's a lot of what, what meditation can be. Like if you're already going for daily walks, you don't have right. to, you don't have to say, Oh, I gotta, I gotta set this like 15 minutes aside to meditate. No. You can be like, Mm-mm. I'm already going for this daily walk. This can be mm-hmm. my time to check in. I'll take the first five minutes or the last five minutes of my walk. Yes. To just like focus on what's around me, what's going on mm-hmm. inside. Mm-hmm. And I recognize that, you know, tapping in sometimes can be triggering for folks with trauma yes. or, um, mm-hmm. or other experiences like that. So the yeah. coming back to what you had said about the, like seeing your space. Um, yeah. Can just yeah. I actually really just reminded, just reminded me. Um, so the meditations that I usually personally connect with are um, observing my body and the, like how it reacts and relates to the world around me. Mm -hmm. Um, but I actually had a roommate, um, a few years back that that actually gave her anxiety. Mm. Um, so for her, when she meditated, it was all about the exterior. It was what is outside of myself or it was, Um, she liked guided visualizations for meditation. And those are, um, for me, very difficult, (laughs) but for, for her personality that when she, when she went inside, it it gave her anxiety. Um, it was, it was focusing on like a ball of light and what it looked like outside or, imagining herself in a big meadow or or taking a hike on the green belts or yeah. outside somewhere in nature and just instead of checking out and enjo- like walking to walk yeah. it was um walking to be in in another um scene in another yes. space yeah so it it yeah I love it yeah that people connect that's and that's like I think that's the overall theme here so far is that like if you've tried if somebody's had an experience with meditation that they have not enjoyed mm-hmm. try something try new else. just exactly that meditation maybe isn't for you not everybody has yeah. to do transcendental meditation or not oh, has to do, you know like these yeah more um like codified styles mm-hmm. of meditation but that it yeah. can be something that just kind of trickles and bleeds into the way you live your life yeah, exactly. Yeah. When I, at some point, uh, a few years back at the studio, we both taught at, we were doing a, a challenge. It was fitness related, but there was a mindfulness aspect. And I remember talking to to clients, like, 
well, you're already taking this Pilates or bar class. Mm -hmm. Instead of going on like autopilot, use that time to be mindful. So it's just taking that again, autopilot versus awareness. Yeah. Just intentionally moving through space. You can, that can be your meditation or that can be the start of your meditation practice. It's taking something you already know and changing the intention just slightly Mm -hmm. to start that that change or something new. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, another myth that I have come across, um, Mm -hmm. is, or I don't even know if it's a myth so much as a, maybe a fear, um, (laughs) fear of like falling asleep in class, falling asleep. Like I, I sat down to meditate and I couldn't do it. I just fell asleep. Like I hear that. I hear that sometimes. And I do. um, I do too. Yeah. I know like my personal reaction is usually like, I think you probably just needed the sleep. (laughs) You do need the sleep. (laughs) Um, But that's also like, that's, that's a legitimate fear that people have around starting a meditation practice um, is this idea of like, well, I'm just so tired. Like my life is so hectic. And the moment I like slow down, I, I need to sleep. And so what, what do you, what is your response to those concerns? So um, I personally have had people fall asleep in class and, and snore. (laughs) Um, and I think it's wonderful. (laughs) Um, my, one of my teachers always said, um, whether it's a meditation that's being guided to like the teacher speaking words while you're meditating, or if there is, um, a soundtrack or if it's just quiet, your body is still receiving something from outside itself, it's, it's receiving what it needs. So if you're asleep, it's still absorbing the world around you, the sounds around you, and you're still getting the benefits. I, I am a firm believer that like, of course, we don't want to fall asleep. Like our meditation can sometimes be intentional to stay awake and stay observant. But if you need to fall asleep, your body is getting what it needs. Like, I, I don't think I, I don't want there to be a fear around falling asleep. That's yeah. natural. <laughs> that I means agree. you need it. Well, yeah. And, and because it is, it means that you need it. Like that is important information that yes. in, if we're thinking about meditation as an opportunity to check in, you're checking mm-hmm. in and your body is saying, I'm tired. Yeah. So that gives you an opportunity to listen. Like maybe that mm-hmm. means you need to kind of reevaluate your your schedule. Maybe it means you've had a hectic week or if it's consistently happening, like maybe that means that it's time to look at, um, kind of your sleep practices. Um, also if you always fall asleep when you meditate, maybe that's a great thing to do before bed. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. I've done a lot of meditations that are intentional for you to end up asleep. Um, I think it's a wonderful time of day to, to meditate especially for those that have a hard time falling asleep, like put on a meditation app yeah. <laughs> and meditate. Yeah. There are so many now. There's, There's so, many, many. It doesn't have to yeah. like cost, you don't have to buy like no space. There's like things on nope. YouTube. There's always, there's a so lot many of things options. on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, like, I find that personally, I really like having a guided meditation sometimes because mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I spend so much of my time guiding other people 
that I want that opportunity to not have to think about where I'm going. I just kind of go along for the ride and let somebody else lead me. That's that I'm very particular. So (laughs) (laughs) that's like, that's on me, but (laughs) (laughs) I I can relate to that for sure. I always like someone to get me started or, or like, um, give you a prompt give me a prompt or find some recording of like a short reading or um, yeah, something recorded that I can put on and then I can go on on my own and meditate. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, (laughs) (laughs) it's all good. Good Yeah. Yeah. So are you, um, I know that you're teaching some yoga classes. Are you teaching Mm -hmm. any meditation classes at the moment? Uh, not at the moment. No, I used to teach a weekly meditation, um, that it's definitely something I want to get back into, but right now it's just, uh, vinyasa flow classes Yeah, <laughs> with some Shavasana at the end, <laughs> which again, like we said, is that's totally meditation like that. Oh is, yeah. Yeah. Well, the whole thing could be a meditation if you're in the, the right, whole thing, if you, if you're framing it as such. Yeah. And honestly, for me, like asana, physical practice of yoga has always been a form of meditation. Um, So when I put my classes together, I regularly um, teach four classes a week. Occasionally it's more, but my class for that week will be the same. Mm. So that my students that come near the end of the week, they know what's happening and they can get more into that meditative state while moving. Mm. Or they could find something like there's other things that they could be finding alignment wise or their body could be opening up in a certain way a little bit more. Um, So for me, as just a vinyasa teacher, repetitiveness, at least through a week is beneficial for so many things. But my initial intention with that structure mm-hmm. has been if you stick with me for the the week that's like four times or three times by that last class it's gonna feel more like a moving meditation mm-hmm. than anything else so it's just gonna be an hour of of your breath your movement and your experience in it yeah I love that mm-hmm. That sounds so nice. <laughs> I'll have to take one of your classes soon. It's been yes. so long. <laughs> no. There's a lot of virtual ones, so you can join me yes. from wherever. <laughs> Do you feel like teaching virtually has helped people kind of, has helped people with the sense of like checking in or has made it harder? Um, I find both. Yeah. Um. I've found uh, some students, uh, they've had similar such, uh, experiences that I have. Like now I'm at home, I don't have to worry about other people around me um, or anyone watching, though I usually have my camera on. And it's, it's a more personal class when I'm taking mm-hmm. it. Um, it's more personal. It's not about wherever I am and whoever I'm with. Um, but some students I have noticed they are they crave like the in-person energy from other people to tap into that meditative state so I feel like there's there's a good um 
good, good amount of people that will stay online forever. <laughs> yeah. And a good amount of people that just want to be in the same room with you, with your energy. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, there's like that, that ritual about class, about going mm-hmm. to a class where you can, yeah. you know, you, you leave your stuff in a different room you are in a space that is like designed specifically for what you're about to do. Like exactly. there's, there's something very like, mm-hmm. it gives you that reset, but, yeah. but then also you can't beat the convenience of just doing it where you're at. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh no. <laughs> I love just rolling out of bed and onto my mat. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, I, I feel like this is in some ways the pandemic has been good because it's given us these options I mean, we always, there were always some like YouTube classes and stuff, but I think Mm -hmm. the having it on Zoom is, it's a little bit more personal because like you said, you can have your video on, you can get corrections, Mm -hmm. you can be, um, you can have that, that relation to another person, Mm -hmm. but with the convenience of being home. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, Sometimes I even take class with my video off and it's just that comfort of, I know this teacher or I've, mm-hmm. I'm welcoming this teacher into my home, whatever, whoever it is. Mm-hmm. And it, it feels more personal. Yeah. But I know a lot of people have a lot of different, different feelings it's, that I yeah. love at home. fitness is fitness and like meditation any type of movement it's just such like a personal experience that um it is that is like so much of finding a class you love is finding a teacher who you have a good rapport with that's not Mm -hmm. like you Mm -hmm. know it doesn't even necessarily mean you know what their qualifications are don't doesn't necessarily matter as much as how well do I get along with this person do I like this person yeah yeah And then I loved, I had this moment, um, it was probably last summer. Um, my, one of my main teachers, she was doing, um, two zoom classes a week, but she travels all over, like Mm -hmm. all over. It was really cool to know that like at the same time across the country, we were doing the same thing. Yeah. Like some magical connection. I don't know. It felt really cool to know that we are nowhere near each other, but through this screen and through that speaker, we're doing the same thing, experiencing similar things. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I've been really enjoying, I've been really enjoying being a teacher in this setting because there are people that I can work with that I I wouldn't have been able to in a traditional studio setting. Um, I mean, I had, um, I was just back on the East coast visiting home Mm -hmm. and I had a couple clients that I had never met in person that I got to meet in person for the first time. Mm -hmm. And like, that is just something that like, honestly, like three years ago, I don't think I would have ever like even imagined that I would be in this situation, but it's right. (laughs) It's really, it's kind of special. Yeah. I think it's, it's wonderful. I, and yeah, I started. So at the beginning of, March last year when everything shut down I just stopped teaching for a while mm-hmm. um, and then I started teaching about a year later and met all these people on zoom finally started offering one class a week in person and saw some of them like you're real <laughs> you're here you're not on a little screen 
Yeah. So I don't know. It it's felt um, very really special to con- be able to connect on Zoom, and then when those personal connections happen, they feel even more special. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. It's an interesting space we're in. Yeah. I think also just bringing it a little bit back to this concept of meditation being a part of, that's what we were talking about. Um, Right. (laughs) um, But this idea of like meditation being a part of, of your life that you're already living. I mean, when we start to take Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. fitness into our home, right now you're like, it's not it's not, okay, I'm in this fitness space and I do fitness and I'm mindful and then I leave and I'm back to my normal self. It's okay. Well, now I have to like, now I can associate mindfulness with my home space or, you know, my patio or my, Mm -hmm. wherever you happen to be. And that it kind of, I feel like for me, that was a mind shift that I had to go through was that like, okay, now my home space is not just a relaxation space. It's a space where I have to tap in and be yeah. really present in, in my experience, which it, it's not always that. Sometimes you just come home and you lay on the couch and you watch TV or you exactly you know, autopilot or you go to sleep. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's, it's been an interesting, interesting shift for me. Like most everybody worked from, started working from home. I'm a very customer. So I ha- my nine to five is a very, very customer facing job. And that became um, quite difficult with giving people bad news and like talking about COVID protocols and procedures and money to go along with it. Of course, it, it started to get a lot, but um with bringing that like, okay, well, I have my yoga space, but just over there is my desk. I can bring the mindfulness that I'm practicing from right here Mm. over to my desk, to my phone. And that's like what meditation and mindfulness has always been for me. It's a training myself to gauge my internal reaction in the moment, Mm -hmm. not just on my mat, but in a meeting. on a phone call on a so so for me it's like meditation can be anywhere yeah it can be in the middle of that stressful meeting you just take a moment and like look at the wall behind your supervisor's head and you breathe (laughs) yeah (laughs) and you're like okay I've just been told this thing I have to do I don't want to do it but I'm here there's uh, the earth beneath me and I, I, I'll breathe through it. I can do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like anything, if you're practicing it on the mat in a, mm-hmm. in a controlled environment where you don't have those like high pressure situations, yeah. then, then it's a little, it's going to translate a little bit more readily to those stressful yes. situations. You have it kind of, you have this practice learned behavior that you can just put into motion when you need it. Exactly. That's the idea, I guess. (laughs) That's the idea. And I think it takes a long time to really figure it out. It does. Um, Like one of my yoga teachers said, it's a practice. It's not a perfect. Yep. We're never going to be perfect at it, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but we can practice and it'll slowly trickle into the different facets of our life. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, this has been so lovely. Um, Do you have any, um, well, I guess if you want to just say like, if, 
if people want to work with you, how can they find you? So they can, everybody can find me. Um, I'm on Instagram a lot uh, and I post a lot of my schedule on Instagram. Um, My handle is EKM underscore yoga. Um, So lots of announcements of where, when I teach and where I teach uh, always go up there. Awesome. And we'll put that Mm -hmm. in the show notes. So that's easy for people to access. Um, Wonderful. Before we wrap up, are there any other just little pieces, like if there's a piece of advice that you would share to somebody interested in meditation or, I mean, we kind of went through a lot of the myths, but if there are any other myths that you'd really Mm -hmm. like to put an end to. (laughs) (laughs) Put an end to a myth. I feel like we touched on, on most of them. Um, so there is, when I was uh, getting ready for this, um, I looked, I found a, a quote that I'd love to share. It's from Pema Chodron. Um, she says, meditation practice isn't about trying to throw ourselves away and become something better. It's about befriending who we are. So to me, it's, it's, if you're just starting a meditation practice or playing with the idea it remember that it's not throwing everything you've done prior to this moment away it's um befriending you and your habits and your your life and and where you are right now it's no pressure (laughs) yeah it's getting to know yourself so don't put pressure on yourself to sit there for an hour Mm -hmm. and find some one thing that you already do and inject some mindfulness into it. And that that's where you start. I love that. I love that befriending yourself. That's that's so lovely. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much, Emily. This was so Thanks, Laura. I loved this. Thank you so much for having me. This has been another episode of Demystifying Wellness. Thank you for joining me. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe, share with a friend, or leave a review. Enjoy the rest of your day and be sure to tune in next time for more Demystifying Wellness.